Can the church say amen? amen. Can the church say praise the Lord? Can the church say hallelujah? hallelujah. We have a hope within our souls. The songwriter said it's brighter than the perfect day. Praise the Lord. God has given us the spirit, his spirit, and he wants the world to hear it. All our doubts are passed away. We give God glory and honor today, and we thank him and praise his name for his blessings in our lives. And thank God for the angel leading us in devotion today, and for Brother Eric and Brother David in the choir, and for the ushers on the floor, and all who you are here today. Thank God for your presence. Pray that you've been blessed by the worship experience already. We continue in our theme, the Christian experience. And looking again at Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 1 through 5. We want to read and reading from the New King James Version. When you find to say amen. amen. Isaiah 40 verse 1 reads, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended. That our iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and our flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When New Testament passage scripture in the, the Gospel of St. John, John's Gospel chapter 12. We're moving on, amen. John's Gospel chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. John's Gospel, the Gospel of St. John chapter 12, verse 1, we read, Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they also might, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed. In Jesus. Today I want to share with us from the subject, the Christian experience. Jesus went back for more. Jesus went back for more. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we adore you. And we praise your holy name. As Miss Vicky up in Bell's Chapel, Church of God, used to say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, 
And all that he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, oh Lord. Thank you what you've done for us, oh Lord. You did a mighty work, oh Lord, and we just bless your holy name. Lord, bless your people today as we reflect on your word. Anoint me, your servant, and I will share your word that your people might hear, understand, and be blessed. That we might remember what you did for us, oh Lord. That we will do more for your name's sake, oh Lord. That you might be glorified. And as we often heard the scripture, Lord, that we might let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works. And glorify the Father which is in heaven. Bless your people today. We forever thank and praise you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today is the Christian experience. Jesus went back for more. Each time we share from this subject, I hope it challenges us to examine our daily lives, the way we live every day, how we see ourselves as believers, that we see ourselves as the people and the children of God, how we treat others, that we would show love, as we've been saying around Shadydale the last year or two, to have harmony and unity, that we would love one another and work well with one another. And most of all, how we live before God, because you know, God sees everything. He sees us. Our, our incoming, our outgoing. He knows even our thoughts, even before we say what we want to say. We want to live this Christian experience. Because the most important word in this theme is the word Christian, because we want to be Christ-like. Every day of our lives. Not just Sunday morning, and I, I know I say it every time, but because I want us to really have this in our heart. To know that being a Christian is not just, you know, being an American or you know, voting a particular party or because grandmama would say that we're saved, but we want to know Jesus Christ is our Lord and personal Savior. We want to live Christ-like lives every day of our lives. Not when it's opportunistic or when it's fun or when it's special or when we're going to get a reward. But we want to live Christ-like every day. Because we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and our personal Savior. Because we understand that we've been redeemed. We've been bought back because of what Jesus did on the cross. He gave his life for us. We want to live our lives for him. I want us to really know him, not to just be around the church. And, you know, it's blessed to be. It's a blessing just to be around the church, just to be around good people. You know, one scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so does a friend sharpen their friend. If you spend your life around good people, you can be blessed by that. But it's not enough in the kingdom of God. I want you to know Jesus for yourself that. When people are around you, that they're blessed. Our subject today is the Christian experience. Jesus went back for more. And in our Old Testament passage of scripture in, John, in, in, in Isaiah 40, I want us to see this, that God has a plan for our lives. This is a vision for God's plan for mankind. Everybody that God made, this is what he wanted them to see and to understand. He says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. See, God's plan was that your sins be forgiven. Don't let anybody fool you that we just here and we can we just do what we want to do and we're going to die and that's it. God's plan was that your sins be forgiven. Don't live your whole life and not ask God to forgive you of your sins. 
You'll, live, you'll be living beneath what God's plan is for your life. He goes on to say, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So you want to allow God in your life wherever you are. When everything is going good or where nothing seems to be going good, you want to allow Christ into your life. You don't have to wait for the most opportune time. You can live for Christ today. Even in the desert place, you can allow Christ to live in your heart. He said, every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. See, see, this life is going to have difficult times. Highs and lows and difficulties and rough places. But I want you to know that if you have Christ with you, you can make it through all those things. Every valley shall be exalted. You're not going to be in the valley forever. You can come out as pure gold. Every mountain and hill will brought low. You're not going to stay on the mountaintop always. Sometimes you got to go through some things. In this life, we go through trials and tribulations. Quicker places shall be made straight. There'll be times when you don't know what to do. Sometimes I've been in places where I didn't know what to do. But I remember what, 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 what Moses said to the children of Israel. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes you just got to wait on the Lord. Wait on him and see what he will do. He said the rough places shall be made smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, after we go through all these trials, God will reveal the reasons why. And even if he don't reveal them while we live, he's going to reveal them when we get over on the other side. Because then our, our hope will be realized. The song we just sung, we have a hope within our souls, brighter than a perfect day. One day that hope will be realized when we see Jesus for ourselves. And he'll tell us all about our troubles, all our, our, our burdens and cares. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, what God promises, he'll perform. He is going to keep his promise. Now, I want us to trust him until he keeps the promise. Whatever promise he made to you, you hold on to that promise today. And then that God will keep his promise. Our subject is the Christian experience. Jesus went back. For more, look at our New Testament passage of scripture in John chapter 12. We see again that Jesus goes right back to Bethany. And as I read this scripture, and, and you know, I've read, you know, we've heard these stories throughout our lives, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And, you know, in the preparation for this message, I was blown away at the fact that so soon Jesus went right back to Bethany. And we talked about last time, they was already plotting and planning on how they was going to kill him. And they said, if they saw him at the Passover, we're going to make sure we arrest him and kill him. And the charge was, if you see any, if anybody see him, no matter if you are a Pharisee or Sadducee or just a member, if you see Jesus, tell us where he is because we're going to arrest him. But we find today in this scripture that Jesus went right back to Bethany. And as I thought about that, I want to say to Shadydale today that I want us to know that Jesus did more than down the cross for us. He did some things while he was living for you and I. He lived his life for you and me. And I want to say today that Jesus went back for more. He went back for, for, for more than just himself. He went back for you and I. He went back for his disciples. He went back for people who's going to come many years later. And Jesus showed three things. He showed courage. 
He showed confidence and he showed commitment. And that's what it takes today to live the Christian life. Because everything is not going to always be easy and rosy. As we've said each time, sometimes we're going to be on the mountain and sometimes in the valley. Sometimes we're going to have quicker places where we don't know what to do next. And we're going to have some rough places. And in this moment in Jesus' life, this was a rough place. But yet Jesus got up and went right back to the same old place. And today I want you to know that Jesus did that for you and I. Jesus went back for some more. He had some courage. He had confidence. And he had commitment. And in this journey, that's what it's going to take. You can't live the Christian life just one day a week. You know, I was listening to the song by Daryl Coley the other night about when Sunday comes, all my trouble will be gone. A beautiful song, and I love that song, but we got to live for Jesus every day. It's good to have a place of rest and, and a place of respite where we can lay our troubles down. But in this Christian journey, we got more to face in life. And we don't even know sometimes what we're going to face when we get there. But yet Jesus went back for more. And in this passage today in John chapter 12, we know John's gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. And today I want to see that he wasn't just born of a virgin, you know, as the son of God. but He was a human being and he lived right here in the world in which we live today. He had some trials that he had to live through. And I want us to live through those trials because he loved us. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus showed that today in this text. There are three things I want us to see today to understand that Jesus went back for more. To understand that there are things that you and I do. We need to think about what we do in this Christian life because we got to go back for more. We got to keep on living for him. Our journey is not over. Today is not the last day. And someone said today is the first day of the rest of your life. So I want you to keep on living for Christ. And if you have to go back for more, go back for more knowing that I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And fulfill this Christian experience because Jesus went back for more. The first thing is that it wants to consider what we do for Jesus. It takes courage to do things for Jesus in this day and time. What are we going to do for Jesus? Look at John chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. What are you going to do for Jesus? Because Jesus went back for more. In our lives, what are we going to do with our time and our energy? Are we going to just, you know, let the time pass? Are we going to do something for Jesus? And as I read the scripture and read the text again, I realized and I saw that Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they really loved Jesus. 
they really cared about him because they knew that Jesus' life was on the line. They decided, we're not going to let Jesus die without doing something for him. Help me, Holy Ghost. And many times in our lives, in our journey, you no, know, we let things just go on by without doing something for those we know. We know people need a little something. And you don't have to do a whole lot of things. Well, all they did was invite Jesus over for dinner. They had a supper in Jesus' honor. And I want us to think about what are we going to do for Jesus? Because he came right on back to the same city where they said that we see you. If anybody see you, he's a wanted man. Bring him in. But yet Jesus came back for more. What are we going to do for him? We see Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They said they're going to have a supper for Jesus. So they invited him back and he came on back. And I believe he came back because he knew that they loved him. And they weren't going to let anybody just do anything to Jesus. They invited him back. It says, Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, some people, after you do something for them, they don't ever call you again. They just forget about you. They're just so glad what you did a long time ago. And if they ever see you, they just wave at you. And, you know, they might remember. But we see that Lazarus remembered what Jesus had done for him. And made sure they invited him back to take care of him and shower some love on him. And then Martha went on a little further and said, there they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. See, you, you, sometimes, you know, especially during time of bereavement, sometimes people want to keep on talking. And they say too much and they end up saying the wrong thing. Sometimes all we need is somebody to serve. Just to be there with you. In your time of need or in a time of reflection, it's good to have a friend just to, be, just to hang out with you. And, you know, and Shady, I want to say to Shady, especially to our youth and young adults, sometimes we just need to be, hang out with one another. You don't have to have a little special occasion. Just be with one another every once in a while. What are you going to do for Jesus? So we see that they were spending time with him. And then Mary, we even went a little farther than Martha. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. We're talking about a vision to fill the house. We see that, that, that what, what, what Mary was doing was giving of her time and what she had. And it was something so wonderful that it filled the house with the fragrance of the oil. Anybody ever smell the house or room filled with perfume? Don't you want to stay there a little while longer? Don't you want to, want to stay there and, 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 and enjoy the fragrance? That's what Mary did for Jesus. She anointed his feet with oil. And not just any oil. It said this oil was expensive oil. In the verses that I read, it said that this was like a, a whole year's salary worth of oil. And I think about how much money you make. And, if, and that you would save that much money. And then just give it all to Jesus. What an awesome thought. That they would 
take that kind of sacrifice to give to the Lord. Now, see, Jesus don't ask very much of us. He just asks, you know, 10%. That's your tithe and your offering. But this woman basically took her entire year's salary worth of perfume and poured it out on Jesus' feet. And maybe she didn't have a towel. I don't know. But she wiped his feet with her hair as an offering of, I'm doing this for you, Lord. For you to know that I'm not just going to give you anything. Sometimes we just want to give Jesus anything. Just throw him a dollar. You know, just sing God a song. But do what we want to do the rest of our time. What are we going to do for him? We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus went back for more. And we find that Jesus' friends did something for him. What do we do for Jesus? It took courage for her to do that. Look at Matthew 22 in verse 37. I want us to do something for Jesus. Matthew 22 and verse 37 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. See, we want to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. To show that what we're going to do for him. Another scripture in John chapter 14 and verse 15 lets us know what it means when we keep his commandments. John 14 and 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, what are we going to do for Jesus? And today, you know, Jesus is not literally here anymore. But we can show that we love him by keeping his commandments. Because Jesus came back for more. He came right on back. While he lived, he gave his life for you and I. And I want to know, what are we going to do for Jesus? Second thing in this message today I want us to understand is, what are we going to do for ourselves? What do we do for ourselves? Look at John 11, I mean John 12, and begin at verse 4. John 12 and verse 4 says, But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take care, I mean, used to take what was put in it. See, sometimes we do things out of selfish reasons. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus went back for more. And sometimes we want to do what we want to do. What seems good in our own thoughts or in our own mind. And, you know, this great moment in Jesus' life, someone tried to use it for their own selfish motives. And, you know, this wasn't an ordinary person. This was one of Jesus' disciples. The ones that, that he called out. But yet, they had selfish motives. I don't want you and I to do things just for ourselves in the name of God to make put our, you know, pat our own self on the back. Look what I did. And Judas Iscariot is saying, you know, 
you know, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? You know, it's good to give to the poor. Everybody knows that. And we ought to be, we ought to be about our father's business, giving to the poor, ministering to the needs of others. But he said this, the scripture says, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. He was thinking about himself. He was thinking, you know, you know, you know, if she would only let me sell that, 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 that costly perfume, I could have took a few dollars here and there. Bought me some ice cream and going out to dinner a couple of times and done what I wanted. And nobody would know. But, you know, Jesus knew. He knew that Judas was going to betray him because Judas had selfish motives. And later we'll find out, you know, that they still use money for Judas. <laughs> Why? Because he was thinking about his own self, what he could do for him. But I want to think about what we can do for Jesus because Jesus came back for more. Let's not always think about what we want out of it. You know, some people come to church because of what they're going to get out of it. They're going to get a new friend, or hopefully a new spouse. Hey, amen, somebody. Help me, Holy Ghost. A new neighbor, a new car, a new job, a new this, a new that. Because they're all about themselves. But I want you to see that Jesus came back for more, and we need to think about his sacrifice. He came back under the sentence of death. Like an old wanted cowboy on the, on the, on the, in the great west. With signs posted, wanted dead or alive. Yet he came on back anyway. Why should we be so selfish? Thinking about what we want out of it. We're talking about the Christian experience. Jesus came back for more. Look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 says, very familiar scripture. Luke 9 and verse 23 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. See, one day, the, the things we see down here, they ain't going to matter. And being selfish and wanting stuff for your own glory, it's not going to be so good. The greatest thing is what you're doing for Christ. As Sister Lewis often says, only what you do for Christ will last. Doing stuff for yourself, it's going to be over. But what you do for Christ, it's going to be eternal. Jesus came back for more. The third thing and the last thing today is, what are we going to do for others? What do we do for others? Look at John chapter 12 and verse 7. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. 
But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. See, we're to think about what we're doing for others. See, Jesus was more worried about Mary. He wasn't worried about him. He knew he had confidence because he knew who he was. And he even knew that Judas, his own disciples, were going to betray him. Yet he still had confidence in himself and what he had to do. He wasn't worried about Judas's plans. As we said, God has the what? The master plan. But I want to put our confidence in God and continue to do things for others. Because Jesus, was, Jesus told the one who's going to betray him, leave her alone. Have you ever seen a bully, you know, mess with somebody? And then one of their friends, the, one of the persons who was being bullied, friends, they said, why don't you leave her alone? Pick on somebody your own size and see what the results might be then. And usually they go on about their business because they realize that they can't fight everybody. And I want you to know today that Jesus cared about you and I. He came back to fight for you and me. He told the devil, leave my children alone because I care about their eternal soul. He says, the poor, you're going to have with you always. So that means that there are things we can always be doing for somebody else. If you think you don't have nothing to do, think about the poor and how you can help someone else. I think that's a part of God's plan because we, need, we can always serve somebody. We always spend too much time, but so many times we spend time thinking about ourselves. Jesus said, the poor you have with me always, but me... You're not going to have always. We're not going to have always to live for Jesus. One day, this body is going to give out. So while, as the old saints used to say, while the blood is running warm in your veins, spend time doing something for Jesus Christ. And live for him. We see the Jews were still plotting and doing things for others. They were plotting how they were going to kill somebody else. But what are you going to do for others? Are you going to spend time, you know, gossiping and slandering, trying to tear people down? Are you going to use your time to lift people up? Because Jesus was there and many people believed on him. He came back for more and more people believed in him. What are you going to do for others? As we close out today, look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, if there's any comfort, consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same mind, same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I want us to think about others today because Jesus went back for more. He went back, he put his life in harm's way 
but he did it for you and me. And today I hope you understand that we can do more for others. We don't have to do everything for ourselves. And most importantly, we need to do something for Jesus. We need to live our lives for him. His will might be done in the earth. I pray you understood the message today as we stand together. The Christian experience, Jesus went back for more.